Welcome to Coffee and Converse. I'm Diane and this is a show for lifestyle entrepreneurs, those people building a business to support their life instead of living to build a business. If this is you, stick around for strategies on doing business more efficiently with more ease and in a way that feels oh so good to you. Hey, hey, so I don't know about you, but I feel like I am a ping pong ball between two different content bats. On the one hand, you have the email every day, post multiple times a day on social media, be omnipresent crew. And on the other side, you have the do what feels good to you side of the argument. And I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle of both of them. And in trying to find that happy medium, I was reminded of a concept that I was taught a while back. And I want you to think about how you bring in clients, right? Because we're creating content in order to bring in clients. Unless you're a content creator, but most of my people are providing some kind of service, VIP day versus being pure content creators. So if we think about our content in terms of we're putting our content out there to kind of wave its hand and attract people to us, right? That's what we want it to do. We want them to see us, discover us, jump onto our sales page, make a decision to buy from us and then work with us. And in marketing terms, that point where the client decides, am I going to buy or not going to buy is the first moment of truth in that buyer's journey, in that customer's journey. Like moment of truth, will they buy or won't they buy? And then once they work with us, we have that second moment of truth of like, Did they get results? Did they like us? Is the review going to be positive or negative? And that makes sense for us, right? We have our marketing, our first moment of truth, our second moment of truth. And that has been taught historically in marketing for years. And then in 2011, Google went a step further and looked at what actually happens in the customer journey between that initial discovery moment and that buy and sell decision. And they discovered that that was the point where clients were doing research right? This is a modern age. People can read your reviews, look up your website, read your content, really kind of get to know a bit more about you, what other people think of you before they even make that decision to buy. And Google coined the term the zero moment of truth for these interactions. Now that may seem like a really long-winded history on a Google survey or research, but I wanted you to be able to place where this sits. Because what they discovered was that the average buyer needed 11 touch points before they were ready to buy. They needed those touch points to be in four different locations and they needed about seven hours of interaction before they were ready to buy. So 11 touch points, four locations, seven hours of interaction. So let's dig a little bit deeper into each of these in terms of our business. Let's start with the 11 touch points. This just means 11 interactions right? It could be they've seen three of your social media posts, they've been on your website, they've read four blogs, they saw you pop up on somebody else's podcast, they met you in person. They need to have touched on you or your content at least 11 times. It doesn't feel that difficult. If you're putting content out on the regular, you probably have easily 11 pieces of content that people could discover, right? Whether they're actually hitting those 11 pieces, whether you need to shout a little bit louder, that's a kind of different discussion. But needing to find 11 touch points for most people in the online space, that should be really easy. Four locations just means experiencing you in four different places. 
A location could be your website as one location. It could be a social media platform. It could be YouTube. It could be at an event. It could be you guest speaking at a summit or guest speaking in a podcast. But they need to see you in a few different places. So this is an interesting one because that kind of you need to be omnipresent message that we get a lot of the time. This research actually proved it was only four locations. It didn't need to be every single social media. Probably every single social media is being touted as a way to push those 11 touch points to make sure that people see you enough times versus needing to see you everywhere. So if they're seeing your social posts on Instagram and your website and getting to your blog and spotting you in other places and they do that on the weekly basis, you're easy to get to those 11 touch points because you only need four locations. Okay, so just stop for a moment, maybe hit pause and think about what have you got? Have you got a social media platform? Have you got a website? Maybe you have a second social media platform. Do you have a, a different platform like a Pinterest or YouTube are you maybe showing up on a different social media like TikTok or LinkedIn have you been guest posting somewhere have you been interviewed somewhere just thinking through what are those four locations that you are focused on right and then is there enough opportunities within those four to create the 11 touch points so neither of those feel too big or too overwhelming the one that I always find that stumps people and certainly sounded terrifying to me the first time I heard it was to get seven hours of someone's attention before they're ready to buy. And I I really want to put this into perspective for you. So if you were to write, say, a 2,000 word blog as your content, a 2,000 word blog takes the average person about seven minutes to read. So in order to get to those seven hours, you would have to write 60 plus blogs for them to absorb. If we are talking about reels, Let's say we're doing a three minute reel, not even like the seven seconds that most people actually watch. Let's say we're on the three minutes. To get to those seven hours, it's 140 reels. If we're talking about an Instagram post, let's say you use the full characters. That's between 300 and 550 words. So let's say we're on the far end. We're on 550 words right? That's going to take about two minutes to read. So if we think about that in terms of how do I get to seven hours, that's 200 plus IG posts. This is where people get stumped, where they feel like they are on a content hamster wheel. Because to get and keep someone's attention for seven hours in today's distraction fed society is incredibly difficult and that's why I can feel like you're shouting and shouting and shouting and shouting and nothing's coming in so what are a couple of things that we can do and that we can think about the first one is repurposing so if you don't have those four locations can you repurpose what you're creating on social media already or on a different platform like your YouTube can you repurpose that to land on another platform, right? Could you do what you're doing on Instagram and share it into Facebook or into Pinterest or into LinkedIn, right? How can you repurpose what you already have to up those locations? Repurposing is also going to help you with those touch points because if you're able to post more frequently, then your chance of somebody seeing that and having that touch point is that much higher, right? So repurposing is key, to thinking this through. The second thing I want you to think about is adding different types of content. So where we talked about like how long does it take somebody to read a blog or read a social media post? If you think about videos, so say you have a YouTube channel, it's easy for someone to binge through your YouTube channel and to start adding up time against those seven hours quite easily. If you think about a podcast episode, that's even easier 
for me, I went and had a look and up until the end of last year, I had 140 episodes. Let's say half of them were my five minute minis and half of them were on an average 30 minutes. 75 minute episodes is six hours of content. When I look at my guest interviews, 35 hours of content and think how easy it is to create that binge on a podcast because it's convenient. You're multitasking, you're doing other things. So it doesn't feel like you're spending an hour on a podcast necessarily. Where I think the podcast wins over video is its ability to be so portable. So now they're experiencing you in so many locations. YouTube does this to a degree as well, right? You can watch YouTube on your phone anywhere, sure. But it doesn't have that ability to be part of the multitask as easily as a podcast. A third way is to think through like, how could you create a compilation? Could you put your blogs into an ebook? People want to go from the start to the finish. So they're more likely to absorb all the content, but also it creates multiple touch points, right? Where they're picking up and putting down the, the ebook. The other thing to consider is how do you drive traffic to these more time intensive pieces of content right so I don't know if you've been there for the email everyday conversation that happens I'm not suggesting that you do that but when people are emailing every day they are hitting high touch points and they're eventually going to hit the volume that's going to create the seven hours but what I think is more impactful with your email is to think about when you bring somebody in for the first time in that welcome sequence, how can you focus on sending them to other touch points? How can you introduce them to yourself on social media? How can they find you in an email with a CTA that goes, hey, go listen to this incredible podcast interview that I did. Now you've got a couple of different touch points, but you've also increased the time. They've gone from reading a two minute email to spending 30 minutes listening to you be interviewed on someone's podcast. Maybe in the next email, it's again, it's a couple of minutes on the email, but you send them to a blog that takes them six minutes to read that sends them to an opt-in asset that takes them 30 minutes to work through right so thinking through strategically how can you expand those zero moments of truth when people discover you so remember you want 11 touch points you want four locations and you want seven hours now I don't want you to run away and go and think about 17 new pieces of content to add but could you just add an audio version to a blog could you take an interview that you did and repurpose it for your current social media and put it on a new platform as well. How can you work with what you already have and change its format to increase the time that somebody spends with you or the places that they meet you or how often they come back, right? So I've been lucky enough over the last sort of 18 months or so to interview some people who talk about these exact topics, repurposing, audio, customer journey. So what I've done to make it really easy so you don't have to go searching through the archives to find them is if you go to the show notes or you head to diamayer.com forward slash 149, I've added a playlist of of six episodes that walk you through what to think about in your customer journey, what to think about from an audio perspective, and how to think about repurposing the content that you already have. But mostly what I want you to take away from this episode is when you start getting on that hamster wheel of like, no content is enough, is to stop, take a breath, and go back to 11 touch points in four locations, creating seven hours. How can you steer people when they first find you towards those levels of connection so that they arrive at that first moment of truth, that buying decision as quickly and efficiently as possible for you and for them? If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review.